You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet, and welcome to yet another Tadpog podcast. It's a show that rain or shine, snow or sleet. School it, shooting. It, school shooting. <laughs> yes, true. A show happens yeah. every week. Whether you whether you want it or not. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and if you don't want it, then you're probably not listening to this. So, I mean... Uh, but yeah, it's a little show where uh, Tyler, that's myself, and 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 Dave. Hey, that's me over there. We we play old games. Yeah, I like this new intro. Yeah, do you? Can we? Yeah, can we? Good. Can, can we do this? I have to listen to it again to see right. what I said because I won't. I won't know what I did at all. Next time, if you could do it in a French accent, I oh, think that'd be oh, cool. Yeah, all right, done. <laughs> that's our new intro. See if I can get Jacob and Josh, and I'll just be French and almost spill my drink on everything. <laughs> Two fake Frenchies talk about old games. Is our <laughs> is our new podcast. Uh, not- it's about Greece, so it's <laughs> <laughs> and not popular in France <laughs> at all. Yeah, we're not Jerry Lewis. No, but God, if we were, if we were, if we were, if we were. Um, yeah. So this week, uh, it is a long time coming start of a series of episodes that I have wanted to do since almost the inception of the show. Yeah, and I've just been refusing it over and over again. I understand why. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty awful game. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, the dragons in this game sound like, like elephants. elephants. That's, yep, that's it. A huge problem for some people. <laughs> but I'm referring to Suikoden. Su- Suikoden. Is that, how, is that the proper pronunciation? Well, because I think I talked about it a long time ago. You did. That, that, of course, Ashley Shake, uh, I have no idea how he came across this game why he picked it up, but I'll thank, thank you, Yevon, he did, because he shared it with me and Josh, and I've shared it, we should have then shared it to Jacob, now you, and to the, all the rest of the, of the nation, because yeah. I I fucking love this game. This is, so Weekend is a top 15 for me. So Weekend in 2 is a top 10 game for me. Okay. But... I feel like Sweet so in three, a top five game. Sweet <laughs> in four, a top one game. I like this math. <laughs> a top zero game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sweet <laughs> in five. Right. Sweet in tactics. Sweet <laughs> in tacrisis. Is there a Sweet in tactics? Yeah. Is there really? There is. Wow. Yep. I don't know why I'm so surprised. It is absolutely the black sheep of the series. Is it? Is, yeah. is it because it's bad or? Uh, I've heard it's not fun. I've never played it. I think I think Jacob owns it. Yeah, but I've never even never even seen a screenshot of it. Well, it makes sense to me because it's like I know we haven't like. Let's just start talking about the game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the game is like the the story of the game is like extremely political for a non-tactical RPG. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like usually, like, you get those political storylines in, like, Final Fantasy Tactics. You get them in tactical games. You don't... And normally in, like, regular-ass JRPGs, you get the long, like, epic sweeping stories mm-hmm. that don't typically involve, like, the intricate politics of a nation. Yeah. You, you just about... Like, most... This is... This game I love, and I feel like it should... It is a very good starter RPG for a lot of different reasons. And also it's refreshing because either it's refreshing for you to come to this kind of game or it's 
refreshing to start you off on a on a good foot before you start going off on the games that kill God path because that right. is most JRPGs. True. So, so it's like a fresca in that regard. Yeah. So weekend it's, is like a. It's yeah. It's, it's a, a ref- good. It's yeah. a good fresca. <laughs> it's, yeah, good fresca. It like it doesn't it. it not only is it refreshing, it makes you not want to kill God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lime freeze from Steak and Shake. Yeah. It's it's a little different and just very refreshing. I miss those. Uh, look, as long as they never get rid of the cherry limeade, I'm okay. Is that it? Sonic? Oh, it's Sonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's like... I. So I'm, Steak and Shake has that now? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Steak and Shake? Uh-huh. My brain just was like, well, let's go ahead and redact that. Because our Steak and Shake is awful. The one oh, in Paducah yeah. is oh, yeah, yeah. awful. Oh, it's awful. And it's like, it was awful when I was in high well, school. Well, it's awful unless you don't want to buy food and want to instead buy drugs. Right. Then it's, then it's the best steak and shake. Right. But if you do want to buy food, if you enjoy waiting for 35 minutes of that please wait sign, uh-huh. you are in luck, uh-huh. my friend. <laughs> if you enjoy like your server just sort of like gl- walking by you and glancing kind of like, what what you want? Going on, just walking right by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our Steak and Shake is essentially the, the chrono trigger that's on Final Fantasy anthologies of fast food restaurants. <laughs> it's, it's still the same food. It, just the loading times are crazy. Yep. I can't tell you, but I've been, honestly, the last few Steak and Shake experiences I've had other places haven't been spectacular. Uh, the one in, okay, when my sister graduated uh, from high school, we went to Steak and Shake uh, late at night uh, one day on that weekend, and their Steak and Shake was really good. Like, I, yeah. my mind was blown. I was like, thank you so much for te- <laughs> taking us to this Steak and Shake, because holy <laughs> God, it was like, it must have been the flagship Can I get you guys something to drink? Oh, my oh, God. Sh- thank you for coming and asking us <laughs> right. People work here? And not just, like, yelling at me after I've been here for 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, our steak and shake. I've I've walked out before. Oh like, yeah, oh, I've, yeah, yeah. Like I've walked out where it's just like, okay, I'm not paying for this drink. Goodbye. Yeah. I ordered my food 30 minutes ago. Bye. I'm gonna. I'm hungry. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go yeah. eat somewhere. No one's here. I don't understand yeah. why my food is 30 <laughs> minutes late. We're the only people here. <laughs> so whatever. I'm gonna write it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be. This isn't even podcast material. I should write a letter. Yeah, both. Both. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been. Oh, maybe I've, it took me many, many years after I went and the server wrote in a $20 tip on my bill. Oh, from steak fun. And shake. Yeah. <laughs> when you said wrote in, I, I, I heard rode in. So I figured like your server. When the Undertaker rode in on a, <laughs> on a motorcycle into the Steak and Shake. You remember the time the Undertaker served you <laughs> your, your string fries at Steak and Shake? Man, that was really sweet. That's another thing. Their fries suck unless, yep. like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get a lot of ketchup on those guys. See, I, I like. My favorite fry is a steak fry. Yes, dude. Steak fry is good. So, yeah. So, the shoestring fry, yeah, not, let's rank, not my bag. Let's rank fries real quick. Okay. At the top. Steak fry. Steak fry. Yeah. Right below steak fry, I'm going to go waffle fry. Mm. I like a waffle fry. I'll go crinkle cut fry second. See, crinkle cut, crinkle, crinkle crut. Crinkle crut. That was my nickname <laughs> in high school. Here comes old crinkle crut. <laughs> Can't throw a basketball worth a shit. Crinkle <laughs> crut. Kinkle Crut, the comic book goblin, comes and, and tries to tries to throw a basketball. Instead, gets elbowed in the eye. Kinkle Crut, Crinkle Cut is like the, the good gnome king. <laughs> ah, Kinkle Crut, our emperor. Do gnomes have kings or emperors? I like uh, I like hmm. I like the thought of a gnomish empire. I do too. I do too. Like a vast, like vast underground empire. 
that is like not too underground, not so underground that it's creepy. You're not in the underground. I mean, too underground, you become Silver Neblin. So exactly yeah. right. So not that. Like six people like that. Like that reference. Yeah, all six of our <laughs> listeners. Love, all six of our listeners love that. I don't know, man. Crinkle cut versus waffle fry. It's tough, man. Waffle fry. Here's what I like about a waffle fry: more surface area. All you got yeah. that sur- you got yeah, the surface yeah. area of a steak fry, but you got the crispness of a crinkle cut. The steak fry like isn't that. always super crispy. It's right. pretty easy for that just to be get a little limp, boy. Yeah, yeah. Always big though. So it's always, like mm, it's kind of mm. like it's kind of like penises because it's like you get super big and they're not hard. They just kind of like yeah. So it's our favorite, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> just they're, they're like you know even when they get hard, they're not like yeah. you know what I mean. They're not like they're not like. Cutting glass hard. What's your least favorite? Baked potato. The vagina of the potatoes. <laughs> so you love that steak fry. I love that cock fry. Not yeah. that not that vagina potato. I do like I, I like the vagina potato. <laughs> I do, I do, do. Pretty much if it's a potato, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I am burnt out on the potato skin though. Really? Yeah. I, I like I ate so many back in the day, so many that I'm just like I'm sure to burn out on those. You mean like the the Friday's chips, the the tater skins? Like yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Didn't like Keebler do some kind of like tater tater yeah. skins? My or mom, I remember my mom getting a bunch of those like when I was in high school and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. just burn out. Also, like that's what that's what my high school girlfriend wanted to eat like every day, all day. Like potato chips? No, just give me a bag of potato skins. Not even like a, not even like crisp ones. Just peel a potato. <laughs> you eat the potato, I'll eat, eat the, the skins. Skin. It's a perfect relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but it was anything but. Uh, if you want to know more about that relationship, uh, there's a whole episode on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> yep. the, the caviar episode. Yep. Right. Fifty Shades of Yellow. There we go. Give us, give us a dollar. Link in the show notes. Please give us a dollar. We good? We're good. <sighs> okay. Um, hey, but sweet it in. But before that, I'm your beard host, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Uh, did, you, did you bring anything in? Package? Anything? I did. I brought something from uh, the Louisville Arcade Expo, a.k.a. Tadpog Prom. Yeah. Um, first time caller, Nate Glines, gave me one of these, and here is yours. Oh. Very nice. Thank you, Nate. I hate that I missed you. That's a lot heavier than I expected. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should have warned you. Uh, did we have other packages, but um, I need to make an adjustment to one of them uh, before before uh, we open it. And Tadpog Prom just happened, so I figured this was probably an appropriate time. Uh, so I didn't forget. So there's a sticker inside that says Sketchy Brit. Yeah. And it's a mug. Sketchy Brit is the person who did the, um, do you remember the Etch-A-Sketch art that Nate brought yes. last year? Yes, yes, yes. She did that, and he asked her oh. to uh, to create these mugs. And they are, yes, they are heat activated. So like when you put, I, I should have brought boiling hot <laughs> liquid with me. Because I have no idea what's on this. I had to like, is this a... Etch, is this a helmet? Is this a character from Castle Crashers? What is this? That is the that is the Etch a Sketch logo. Okay. Uh, the one that that she did for us on on the Etch a Sketch. Uh, is the Tapog logo when I pour something hot into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Us. Thank you, Nate, very much. I'm gonna take this to work and drink out of it at work. Very cold liquids only, though. Very cold. Exclu- though. I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> I'm gonna do better than that. I'm gonna take it to Steak and Shake. <laughs> uh, and the next time I place an order, I'll just watch. I won't drink from the mug. 
I'll just pour boiling hot liquid in there and just watch it disappear. Watch when, the image when disappear. When the picture goes away, I also go away. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Time, uh, time heals all wounds, except for getting your food at steak and oh. shake. I also remember uh, youth group a long time ago. There was this one very, very dumb girl. Um, cute, but very dumb. We all, we all went to steak and shake after church together. And I, I believe it was Brandon of Axley fame who convinced her that, oh, if you come with a youth group on Sunday, if you leave your church bulletin, your food's free. So she was like, oh, awesome, and just tucked her bulletin under her plate and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that's not true? No, it's totally true. Go do it. All right, excellent. Everybody go do it. You got to church, get a bullet, no. Uh, you probably just would have paid $8. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think I would rather pay $8. Um, to, uh, yeah, what's going on? Um, <laughs> Remember when it got awkward for yeah. a second? <laughs> I had a super busy week last week. I'm glad we did Smart Ball. Uh, that was only like two days into my super busy week. So it was we had uh, some cor- corporate people down. Uh, so Monday through Saturday, I was doing 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. Um, but then I got Monday and half a day today off and I was in Louisville with Melissa and with Jack and it was wonderful. So I got to come in today, worked for a few hours and came back and did show prep. So I feel much, much better. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I, di- I didn't do any, uh, I didn't do any show prep. I'm also super so. congested. So I'm sorry. Like I'm probably bleeding, bleeding, breathing like Blake after eating a hot and ready pizza. Just... You are. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's that hot and ready. Pe- Don't lie to everybody. I wish I had some Afrin. Afrin. Some Afrin? What is Afrin? A- what is Afrin? Na- the good nasal spray. Oh, okay. The I never- effective yet addictive stuff. Oh, it's addictive? Oh, yeah. That explains why um, a friend of the family uh, was always using that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like, I remember asking, okay, all right, story time. Perfect. I remember being eight years old. You're your you're our bespectacled host. I am your bespectacled host, Dave, and I remember being eight years old, <laughs> and our family friend used to always use uh, that nasal spray, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it was Afrin or what, but he would always he would constantly use it. So eight year old Dave did not know what that was. I'm sorry, eight year old David. I wasn't I wasn't a Dave yet. Mm-hmm. I was David. No. Uh, I was in my pupa. Not until your balls dropped. I was, yeah. yeah, I was in my pupa stage. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had not yet emerged from the cocoon. A beautiful, a beautiful Dave. Third stage Dave. Right. Yeah. Not even. It's not my final form though. <laughs> I'm not Mister Moore yet. Oh, you'll be a yeah. You'll be a beautiful old man. Oh God. Yeah. My hair's so gonna good. be all white, and uh, I don't have a lot of weight on me, so I feel like You'll be like Steve Martin. Man, yeah. that's so nice of you to say. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've already got the arrow. Be reclusive my... and funny like Steve Martin. It's yeah. really wonderful. Is he reclusive? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I like no one. I don't that. think anyone can talk to him except Martin Short. Except for ghosts. Yeah, ghosts <laughs> and Martin Short. That's it. Only people we can communicate with him. <laughs> I remember uh, this family friend always using the nasal spray, and I didn't 100% know what it was, but I vaguely had heard of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> like I was old enough where it's like I knew that cocaine was a drug. Didn't know about nasal spray. Did Didn't know, know about, about cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, look, stand-up comedians weren't talking about nasal spray, yeah. but they were certainly talking about cocaine. And I was like addicted to stand-up comedy, like from a very early age, right? Uh, essentially, there was an episode of Yes, Dear, however, that was about him being uh, addicted to nasal spray. <laughs> yes, Dear, is that the what? What is that? That's a yeah, uh, is that the documentary Michael Malley about- was on it for a long time. He was like the sloppy husband or whatever. That's right. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. So not the documentary on the 
Bigfoot. That too. <laughs> it was both. Who married a deer? Yes, deer. <laughs> I remember uh, vaguely knowing. Like I had heard of cocaine. I knew it involved the nose, and I did. I remember having a conversation with my dad where I was. Um, I was like, Dad, I am a little worried about Mr. Hank. I think he <laughs> might be addicted to cocaine. <laughs> and my dad was like, what? <laughs> well, he's got that. <laughs> Get out of here, Dad. Get out of here, boy. <laughs> right? You don't want none of this. You don't- <laughs> <laughs> it's Afrin, and you don't want none of this. God, it is the best scene from like, oh, God, I love that scene where Dewey Cox is trying to get weed. Oh, my God. It is it is the best. Uh, but I remember like him explaining, and it's like, no, that's that's like nasal spray. His nose is like congested, and I didn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> even after he told me that, oh, I was like, Dad's in on, Dad's in on it. <laughs> I was paranoid from an early age. Uh, but yeah, I remember thinking, okay, but he's probably got cocaine in there, like as a cover. <laughs> I hope actually he did. I hope <laughs> and, so like, too. You sniffed him out really early. Yeah. Yeah, but no one would believe me because I'm a kid. Exactly. Just like Encyclopedia Brown. Who's gonna <laughs> that kid had so much support. Encyclopedia Brown, like adults just was like, they just believed him. He could have said anything. He could have built up, you know, the reputation he gained from like solving like his first four cases. After that, he could have just said anything about, oh yeah, well, Mark stole the cookies, clearly. And then everyone just believed him. The cookie police would come arrest Mark and then it's game over. And then the fucking cycle perpetuates until yeah. Encyclopedia Brown inevitably uh, commits a crime of his own because he's grown bored mm-hmm. of solving, quote unquote, solving yeah. crimes. Yeah. Uh, and then he turns himself into, a, he turns to a life of crime. And then he gets busted by um, Britannica Dan. And then <laughs> Br- when Britannica Dan sends him to jail, now Encyclopedia Brown's got to face all the Cookie criminals. Damn right. It's pretty good. That's a that's a, that's a new web series we need to do. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a new web comic I'm working on called Britannica Dan. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's about an adult just harassing children. <laughs> You know, Britannica Dan never really took off, and I blame uh, Wikipedia <laughs> Wiley on that because, like, that webcomic just overshadowed Britannica Dan, like, hardcore. Um, also, Encarta Ian. Encarta Ian never really took off either, but, you know, what are you going to do? Maybe it should have been Encarta Emily. Maybe we needed a strong female Dictionary protagonist. Dictionary Dicky. <laughs> the name's in the title. You'd think that would work. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. Um, we, so we're, we are doing an episode on Suikoden. Um, normally we'd be doing an episode on the Louisville Arcade Expo, Uh but, um, the show art to do for that is so hard that I just said, no, let's not. Suikoden show art's going to be so much easier to do. So let's do that instead. Yep. And you were like, yeah, sounds, that sounds like a good reason. Uh, no, the actual reality is, um, uh, I know Hops and Heroes is doing an episode on the Louisville Arcade Expo, and I imagine I haven't talked to Experience Grind um, or Nerdy Thursday or MacTac about it, but I, I imagine street they're, pizza. they're and street pizza. Yeah, I imagine that they're they're probably going to do something on it. Yep. So I feel like the bases are covered. Yeah, very uh, true. Um, also, um, also I didn't get to go. You weren't to it at right. all. I'm like I went for a few hours late Saturday night, and then met everyone for brunch on Sunday, and that was it. Yes, and I think that I've got a. If we do it again, if we do an episode on the expo again, I've got an idea that I think could be fun. Uh, but I definitely don't want to do it unless you know we're both there. I don't want it to be me telling you, all right, now this happened. This is how much fun I had. Yeah, while you had to work. 
I mean, I, I kind of remember it. I kind of remember what happened, but I really don't. These are all just like witness accounts. Uh, I don't know really what happened there. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. I do remember this. I will tell you this. Um, I got third place in karting this year. Third place oh, overall. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I'm proud of that. That's way up there. You shot way up. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was at the bottom of the bottom of the top group last year, and this year made some moves. Even though they changed the course up, Ben still whooped my ass. Yep. Ben's first still forever and always. Uh, and then pinball archmage uh, Chris Edler took the second spot. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I edged Phil out. Uh, for for third, uh, yeah, you're a much better edger than Phil. Yeah, even though he totally hit me with his cart. Um, yeah, Phil, and I did I did the Morton Koopa thing where it was just like, all right, I felt I got damage. I'm just gonna stay in the middle. And I'm not gonna let him pass me. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should have been nice and let him pass me, but that's you know what? That's not how you get no, third place. Not, you know, yeah, it's not how you cart. <laughs> not how you do it. And that happened because I ran into Ryan of Experience Grind. Uh-huh. Uh, I crashed into him because I was trying to pass him. And but he likes hitting people, so it's fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. We had a moment. It was great because we had a moment where it's like it was a very polite crash that we had because, like, it was my fault because I was trying to pass him, right? And it's like because Chris was just, like, zooming ahead, man. Like, and it's like Chris passed Ryan, and I was like, I got to pass Ryan too or there's no, I've got no chance of getting second. Mm-hmm. So I made the move, but the problem is I tried to pass Ryan when he was turning, and so we uh, we collided, yep. and uh, I to- we totally like gave each other like the polite oh, I'm sorry wave. You like <laughs> oh sorry, so sorry, oi. sorry, 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 sorry. Or the that's also the uh, the thank you I'm an asshole wave. Yeah, you know where it's like <laughs> I cut you off. No, oh, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, um, and thanks again to Exalted Lord Micah Purdue, who pretty much organized the event. Yep. Uh, yep. We went to Round One Arcade, which was a lot of fun, um, and then I didn't spend a whole lot of time at the expo at all. Um, I just hung out. I wouldn't and have drank. had I been there. I would have not gone to the expo at all. I bought the weekend pass. I went <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I told Nikki, it's like just because I didn't spend time on the floor. Doesn't mean that, you know, I don't want to like not get the pass and then decide, oh yeah, I want to play some Donkey Kong. Let's go play some Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's be real. Um, when I'm like on the verge of blackout drunk, I probably like Donkey yeah. Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong's not on my mind, but sex is. Yeah. Conky dogs on your <laughs> yeah, mind. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Gotta get that Don Kong. <laughs> That's what I like to say. Uh, Britannica Dan solved that mystery. Damn right. Why was Dave not on the expo floor? Oh, I see. He thought he thought he was not drunk enough to finish. <laughs> oh man. You want to talk about uh Suiki Dan? Yeah, man, let's talk about Suiki Dan. <laughs> it's it's Steely a- Dan's Japanese cousin, <laughs> Suiki Dan. Yes, I like it. Who could you tell me who Steely Dan is? I'm in my 30s, so I don't know. Um, Steely Dan Is that was, a race car driver? Uh, no, he was, uh, equipped in armor and he raced Chrono and Chrono Trigger around the Millennial Fair. Oh, I, okay. I thought that was not Steely Dan. No, you think it was Steel Runner, but it I, was Steely, Steely Dan was in Steel Runner. They oh, could, it was a copyright thing. Oh, I got you right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. It's like, yeah, they knew what Earthbound kind of got in trouble with some of the music uh-huh, stuff. So yeah. they're like, ah, I got to change the name from Steely Dan <laughs> to Steel Runner. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. You hear that? I do hear that. It's a sweet, sweet, 
Steely Dan song. Name one. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jingle, jingle bells. Okay. I don't. I can't. I cannot name a Steely Dan song. No. Nope. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you what, what kind genre? of music they do. I don't know. I would. Oh, they. It's not just I, a guy. I, it's I, not, I believe Steely Dan has a group. It's not just Dan. It's not just one dude <laughs> who can take a punch. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So let's just say it's probably. Probably like a hard country, like a hard country, okay. like somewhere between rock and country. That with the name like Steely Dan, that's that's probably that's probably what it is. Are you looking I it mean, up? I say he's he is the, the official group of Tadpog, Steely Dan. But oh, he's a, yeah, he's a member of Tadpog Nation. Uh, Steely's actually his title, Steely Dan. Steely Dan is rock. Rock. Okay. Somebody's so pissed off. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no doubt. There are. I'm sure there are many Steely Dan fans uh, listening. Oh, blending jazz, traditional pop, R and B, and sophisticated studio production with cryptic and ironic lyrics. Oh, okay. It actually, sounds like I might like Steely Dan. From 1970 to 1981. All right. So I was born the year Steely Dan died. Four members: Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. Oh, okay. What's their hits? Like, do they do they have that? Steely Dan hit. Yeah, I like how you said that. It was fun. Because I was going to say hit, then it popped up hits, and I was like, okay. Yeah, they knew. Google's watching you. You're going to get a whole bunch of weird Steely Dan ads this week, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Do It Again, Reeling in the Years, Hey 19, Deacon Blues, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. I don't know. Dude, I don't think I have heard any of these songs. None of them. We can't play them or we'll get sued by Steely Dan. Is Ricky Don't Lose That Number to follow up to uh, 8675309? Yep. That's that's who they're giving it to. It's the same tune and everything. It's like, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Uh, Yeah, their number one is Reeling in the Years. Number two is Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Then Peg. I feel like maybe I've heard Peg. Yeah, it's about King of the Hill from Peg's (laughs) perspective, from Peggy's (laughs) perspective. Peg leg. Cousin Dupree. Do it again. Bodastava. Bodastava. Janie Runaway Baklava. <laughs> Man, I love that song, that Steely Dan song about Time desserts. Time Out of Mind, <laughs> Any Major Dude Will Tell You, Hey 19, Showbiz Kids, Oh, Fire in the Hole, Berrytown. Showbiz Kids is way better than- Your Gold Teeth. Way better than Chuck E. Cheese Remember that kids. time when Tadpog took 10 minutes to try to figure out who Steely Dan was and couldn't? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't heard any of these songs. I don't believe that Steely Dan exists. This is this is totally a Truman Show moment where it's like, yeah, it, it, the Steely Dan is a construct, uh, and I, I don't believe it's true. Yeah, I'm with you. Somebody prove to me that Steely Dan yeah, is. prove it, and we need proof. <laughs> prove to me Steely Dan. Right. Do it. Yeah. I don't believe in Steely Dan. It's <laughs> a common thing that's overheard in church. So you've got the Tadpog Nation. Prove it. Yeah, everyone's all riled up at this point. Yeah. 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 So we'll know if you're listening because you'll prove to us that Steely Dan exists. (laughs) If you can. I hope the answer is there is no proof of Steely Dan. It's more of a faith thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, yeah. Believing in Steely Dan is more important than. I'm not religious. I'm more Steely Dan. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Believing in Steely Dan is more important than proving Steely Dan exists. (laughs) It's not about proving Steely Dan exists. It's about living the way that Steely Dan would want Mm. us to live. That's true. Did you know that when we die, we all go to Steely Dan's house? (laughs) (laughs) Steely Dan. (laughs) Dan. (laughs) There you go. You heard it. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the number one song. That's their self-titled song. Steely, Steely Dan, Dan. On their self-titled album. Album? <laughs> Steely Dan. <laughs> I do hear that. I do hear Steely Dan, yeah. <laughs> uh, which of course ushers in a segment that we like to call Dave Reads from Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay, guys. Steely Dan is a, a band that does not exist. The end. Suikoden, or as it's known in Japanese, a whole bunch of kanji. Um, <laughs> otherwise known as Ginso Suikoden, is a role-playing video game series originally created by Yoshitaka Murayama. Mori, please help me with this. Mur- Murayama, is that correct? Yep. All right, excellent. Nailed it. Uh, Steely Danayama. Steely Danayama. <laughs> Uh, the game series is loosely based on the classical Chinese novel, which I'm sure you've read, Tyler, since you're a huge fan of the series, uh, Shu Hu Zhan. Oh, yeah. Water margins. Yeah. Yes. Uh, whose title is rendered as Suikoden in Japanese. So it's not really even, Suikoden's not really even a, it's just the name of a book. Yep. Just name of a book. <laughs> yep. It's pretty right. much just the name of a book. <laughs> it's essentially like the Bible, a video game. <laughs> All right. Uh, Each individual game in the series centers on relative themes of politics, corruption, revolution, mystical crystals known as true runes, and the, quote, 108 stars of destiny, unquote. The 108 protagonists who are loosely interpreted from the source material, Shu Hu Zhan, the book, Hmm. a.k.a. the Bible. Uh, So that's just like the general sweeping description of the series. The game itself, the first game, the one that we're talking about, um, was published by Konami as the first installment of the Suikoden series. Uh, It was developed by Konami, uh, and it was released in 1995 for the PlayStation in Japan. Uh, North American and British releases followed one year later, and I would like to say that I have seen the box art of the American release, and it is the worst box art Mm -hmm. that you could possibly imagine. Yep. They were just... (laughs) It's weird, because it's like... when the I feel like when the PlayStation was like new it it was like you know what we're not going to do weird localized covers for the games anymore uh but for Suikoden they did uh Suikoden art is uh very 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 bad uh and I never ever would have picked it up off the shelf in a million years uh the the uh the PAL version I think looks very very cool uh they should have not they should have not have changed it yeah there's nothing really about the Suikoden one cover that looks in any way like Suikoden. I know that uh, its creator loved um, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, or I forget what that game was exactly called. I don't know called. what that is. No. It had very similar box art. Okay. Yeah, because none of these characters are in it. <laughs> I recognize none of these. None of these monsters. There's a dragon on the cover. There's a dragon in the game. So. There is a dragon in the game. does sound like an elephant. Um did you know that this game also came out on the Sega Saturn in Japan? No. In 1998. Uh, oh, shit. And it also came out on Microsoft Windows in Japan in 1998. Um, okay, so the game, do you want to, like, they go, they kind of go into the story. Do you want to do that? Do you want to read yeah. that? Or do you want to, okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. But, man, the subsequent releases have the the mural that you can create in Suikoden. What is the mural? Uh, I know just, what a mural Like, is. I know you got... I saw you pick up white paint. I did pick up white paint in the game. There's an artist <laughs> you can recruit who wants to make a mural of the entire army. Okay. So you bring him all different colored paints. What army? Uh, the Liberation Army. Okay, the Liberation <laughs> Army. The Josh Fort Army. Which you are tasked... You're, you're, you're tasked with 
creating this mm-hmm. army, right? Okay, yep. all right. So once you bring him all the paints, he finishes the mural. Like he'll do a quarter of it with the white paint, another quarter of it, well, not even a quarter of it, like an eighth of it. So you have to get a lot of different paint before you finally finish the mural, and it's and it's great. It's what should be the cover of the game. So Suikoden is a paint collecting simulator. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Because this is the first thing we're talking about in the game. I know it's weird if I should have led with that. Okay. So- I've seen I've seen the sprite of the mural because, uh-huh. like I said earlier, the reason we're doing Suikoden is because um, it, the art is a lot easier to make for the episode. Yeah, so, yeah. So with the spritersresource.com, I'm sure everybody's heard of it, and there is a sprite sheet of what looks to be a mural, which is the box art for the PAL version. Um, and I'm assuming that that is what is painted. Yes. It's like the circle, and it's like characters. All the are characters like, in it posing yeah. and stuff, yep. And your main character, Tyr, with his fight stick. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway, okay, start right. at the beginning. Suikoden. I think it is a very good introductory RPG for somebody. Why, in, why, it's, why introductory? Do you feel like it's not like a difficult game? I don't feel like it's super difficult, and I feel like there are, it does a good job with a lot of basic elements and some new cool elements and just to get you along, because I feel like you can throw people off with the big Killing God storyline. You can start off with this, that it's political, that it the game is based on a corrupt, a large corrupt empire and then a small faction rebelling and growing strong enough to overthrow that corrupted empire. It's a way more grounded story. Yes. it's It has roots in reality, which I assume is because it's based on a book. Right? It's about, in mean, that book, it's about 108 thieves who uh, are stealing from... Dan. Stealing from Dan. <laughs> That's where the name Steely Dan comes from. <laughs> they're, they're stealing from like an evil emperor until eventually something happens to him, and then the 108 thieves become good and join. And I got a very... Ba- when I was doing some research, I got a very basic understanding. But the 108 thieves from the book are where the 108 characters in the game... that you, The big thing about Suikoden is recruiting. There are 108 characters in this game that's huge like yes. that's a big deal like i do yep. feel like that is like the thing that makes this game one of the things that makes this game stand out yeah like do you i don't know this and you you may like is that like the does that hold the record for like oh, character playable characters in an rpg well not not all 108 are even playable but they're recruitable i see i see 108 okay. important characters that's right because not all of them can join your party because you can recruit uh an innkeeper yep marie uh you can recruit a blacksmith several blacksmiths yep. from what i understand so bare bones what is in? it is your character joins a rebel faction against this empire empire and grows grows the liberation army grows the opposing rebel force into a large enough army with enough resources to overthrow the the corrupt government. It, that's super bare bones, as simple as I can make it. And there are, um, which kind of leads me to another thing. And it, it's a medieval storyline. Let's put it there. So fantasy, medieval fantasy, medieval fantasy. Because I mean, there are elves and stuff in yeah. it, and magic. And um, I would definitely want to talk about the magic because I also think it's a a unique. Uh, Inspired from a card game. Is it really? Yep. Okay, so please tell me more about that, because the magic system is confusing to me, and I, I'm curious how much of it is due to translation, um, because it's all like a rune system, where you find runes, and some runes you attach to weapons Yep. in order for you to cast spells, and, well, then, uh, and then some runes you attach to weapons to give them elemental properties. 
because well, it's based off of a card game where you have monsters and you attach runes that give different abilities and attributes to these monsters. So that's where the creator got it. So the Suikoden magic system, yeah, it is it is based off runes, which runes you attach to typically to your body. So like a main, a primary rune. Because in the okay, let me take a step back. In the mythology that there are there was a sword and a shield. This is their, their creation myth. And the sword and the shield collided together so hard, they broke apart into 27 different runes. Each of these 27 runes inhib- like exhibits all the aspects of humanity and nature and everything like that. These 27 true runes are a big deal. They're still around in the world. They're sentient. They're extremely powerful. Typically, a Suikoden game is based off of one or a few of the true runes coming into play somewhere. From from these true runes, there are smaller, just plain runes that aren't sentient but have like abilities relative to the true rune they're based on. Okay, so can you give me an example? Like there is there is a true fire rune. Okay. So there is a like an inferno rune, which is the step down from the true fire true fire rune. And then from that is like a flame rune. Or something like that. It's a little bit weaker. Then I guess you could say even weaker than that is a uh, maybe a fire rune fragment that you would attach to a weapon. So it's just increasingly smaller and less powerful. But they each have different purposes, right? Like that's what throws me off. And it's one of my biggest complaints. I like I'm enjoying the game. Yeah, I am enjoying the game. One of my biggest complaints about the game is that I feel like the rune system is unnecessarily. Uh, they don't explain it very well at all when you start the game. It's not explained to you. And it's like some runes, like some crystals, there are runes and there are crystals, and it's like some of them work like magic tabs or power tabs and chrono mm-hmm. trigger where they're like one-use items that boost the character's strength or something yeah. like that. Like a speed crystal or a power crystal, you could a one-time-use item that will up a stat permanently. But then there's like a rune piece, like a lightning rune piece you could attach to a weapon that gives that weapon, it does some lightning damage in addition to its regular damage. And then there's another like version of the rune that gives you, allows you to cast spells. Yep. Because well, there are some spells that are magic-based and some runes that are physically based. Like, of course, Cleo gets like the fire rune very early on. The fire rune lets her cast uh, various fire spells. Sure. And she has, it's all based on that character's magic stat as to how many spells they can use from a magical rune. So, and you, in order to, in order to attach them to a character, uh, okay, in order to attach them to a character, you have to go to an NPC to install the rune on your character. Yeah. Um, or weapon, depending on what kind it is, right? Yeah, a blacksmith can attach it to some, or a rune master can attach it to That's some. where it gets confusing to me. Like, having not played the game before, mm-hmm. really, is like, I, I, I'll get a rune. I agree, it's very poorly and, explained. And it'll be like, well, is this a rune that I use to cast magic? Or is this a rune that I put on a weapon? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that unless, until, A, somebody in Twitch chat tells me, thank you, Twitch mm-hmm. chat, or B, I go to an NPC and that rune doesn't show up in their menu. And, and the like, duck oh, okay. god tells you you can or can't. Right. Man, the <laughs> duck god. Uh, when you said that, that I was just like, oh, God, I love that. Uh, duck won't let me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love like, okay, so which kind of, all right, I don't mean to bag on this game because mm-hmm. I do en- I am enjoying mm-hmm. playing this game, but the sound design is very not good in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot sound of Sound effects are very strange. They're stock. It's like what I feel like the because like that that quack sound when you do something that you're not supposed to be doing like mm-hmm. in a menu where it's like you're trying to equip something that doesn't work and it's like quack 
that's like straight up Macintosh computer yeah. from that era. <laughs> like it is. Like that's yeah. that's the error sound. And it's like, okay. And then like I mentioned this joke the jokingly earlier, but it's like you can interact with dragons in the game and they 100% sound like an elephant wave, elephant dot wave that has been pulled off of Encarta. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, okay, well, that's not super great, yeah. yep. which really sucks because like the game is beautiful. Like it mm-hmm. looks beautiful. And it's like all the characters like in the, like all their portraits are like well designed. And it's like, I can tell that like a lot of effort was taken and like, Making all 108 stars, like, I haven't seen them all, but of the ones that I've encountered... They're all unique art. They all look different, and, like, they do a really good job of, like... I'm not going to confuse characters, but when I see their portraits, you know? It's like, that's amazing. That's an amazing feat of of design, character design. I love it. Um, So it's really a bummer to me when it's like, guys, you got to, like, get your sound effects on point Mm. because it's like... It feels like they were just like, okay, we're done with the game. Uh, let's publish it. Oh shit, we forgot the sound effects in the game. <laughs> so I'm, but the music I think is good. Oh, I love the music. The music is different than either RPG you've ever played. It is very like I know it's, this is going to be really hard for me to explain to you, but I got confirmation from Time Lord Josh Edwards in Twitch chat mm-hmm. because he was in. He jumped in and I was like, dude, I am so fucking glad you were here because this is Star Wars music. And it's very, like, the uh. instrumentation of, like, the instrumentation through a lot of the game that I've played so far is very, like, reminiscent of the first part of A New Hope where the it's taking place on Tatooine, the desert yeah. planet. It's, like, very, like, woodwind, like, oboe-heavy, and it's got, like, even, like, honestly, like, if I listen to, like, one of those tracks out of context, not playing the game, I would be, like is this like a missing piece of music from the original Star Wars? Because mm. it's like, and, and I, it, so it's, I feel like it's a little derivative, but I like it because it's, I mean, it's very well orchestrated yep. and it reminds me of something that I, that I love. Yeah. I do not remember the, the composer's name, but it is a woman who wanted to break away from Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior and the kind of music in those games to make, so we could end something different. But, um, yeah, because the runes, and then there are also just sheer physical runes. Like Pawn has the boar rune, and he can use the boar rune and do to summon a boar, summon a to boar. do his bidding. <laughs> That's what I would assume it would. That's do. That's what I would think too. Yeah, <laughs> but to do basically double damage on his next attack. That granted, the caveat of that is the next round he is unbalanced. Okay, so that's very similar to the clone rune yep. that I put on Victor. Yep, which is confusing. Which is a good call. Because it's like, why does the do the same thing? Why did two different runes do the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, right, it it's lazy. just, it's like, come on, man! It's like, it sucks because it's like, god damn it! This game is like so close to being like almost like perfect game territory. And See, it, that's where I feel like Suikoden. All your problems with Suikoden one are fixing Suikoden two. Yeah, I feel like Suikoden two is. An almost a perfect RPG. Okay. Well, I'm very much looking forward to playing Suikoden 2. I- I'm looking forward to finishing Suikoden 1 mm-hmm. first. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm that far into the story. Um, yeah, because you haven't even gotten like your first war yet, have you? No, no. And that's a big mechanic in the game is um, not only the recruitment, which kind of signifies Suikoden as a different kind yeah. of RPG, there's also like massive battles. Yeah, because because let's see, once your character sort of is was a member of the empire, flees the empire, and 
joins up with the rebellion and eventually becomes the leader of the rebellion. And then it's basically you going town to town trying to find people to build your army and taking little guerrilla type hits at the empire as you grow strong enough to make an assault on. They have several different strongholds. So it's you going around trying to build up an army in each region to overthrow their stronghold, absorb their resources, so you can eventually go after their main stronghold. Okay. Which they, uh, I like. And, that, and that's where you eventually you go and get a castle. You hold your, you recruit people, you build your own forces. Most and, importantly, you get to name the castle. Yep. Most importantly. So that's probably <laughs> the best thing in the game is that you do get to name the castle <laughs> that you that you find and kill a, spoilers, you kill a dragon in there and it becomes yours. <laughs> Not the dragon, the castle. Yeah, the dragon's dead. <laughs> I guess technically the dragon's yours too. You can just do whatever you want with but, the body. Uh, now that we talked about the magic, the magic system, um, yeah. now I do want to talk about real quickly. It's again different because you can have six people in your party, mm-hmm. which I love that. Mm-hmm. Six people, and they're of different ranges. You have short range, medium range, and long range. Which is cool, because that's more tactical. That's that's like a little bit of extra crunch that I'm used to in an RPG. Because a short range character has to be in the front row. Typically, they're your strong, well-armored, heavy hitters, or, or a mage. Uh, to kind of balance out how powerful a mage is. Because, like, really powerful mages will have short-range weapons, right? Yep. Okay. And then you have, uh, like, medium-range characters who, the like, the hero is a medium-range character, sort of good all around. They can be in the front row or in the back row. Um, They're ambi. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and then you have long-range characters which need to be in the back and have projectile weapons. They're your archers. They're a little more fragile, so... That's why I feel like one of the best characters in the game that you start out with is Cleo. Cleo is a strong magic character and a strong long-range character. Like, I pretty much had Cleo from the beginning. Like, my first first playthrough, like, Cleo never left my party. I just upgraded her rune eventually to the more powerful fire rune, and she was amazing. So there aren't really, in this game, there aren't really classes. There are just combinations of The original intention was to have have multi-class... Characters have several classes to get more powerful, but I think instead they decided we'll have just a whole bunch of characters that act differently. And instead of upgrading your weapons, you have them sharpened yep. by you, a blacksmith. You which find I think an is increasingly a, skilled blacksmith to improve your personal weapon. Which is very cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. It um it kind of breaks the uh breaks the trope of going to a town and every time you go to a town you have better equipment in that new town that yep. you that you you know buy and equip and you eventually can recruit like a black blacksmiths and vendors of all different types to be in your castle so you don't have to go down to town uh, once you go to a town then your inventory in your castle will upgrade where you can get those items there and and things like that uh, some things they also try to do some some good quality of life things uh, in the game like one there are united attacks between Certain characters. Which are kind of like dual techs yep, and Chrono Trigger. Exactly. Like one powerful one early on is the hero and his mentor, mentor Kai, mm-hmm. can do uh, an attack where they each get one single attack against every enemy out there, which is amazing yeah. early on. Yeah. So it was pretty much the whole game, being able to hit a standard strength hit to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything yeah. either. Like it doesn't cost you a spell slot, which I we need to talk kind of maybe talk about. Like Yeah, there's no MP, it's spell slots. Which I think is cool, mm-hmm. uh, because it's very uh D and D style where it's like um you can give a rune, a magic rune to any character, and dependent on how powerful they are with magic, mm-hmm. they will get different 
they'll get the same spells, but they'll get, get a different number of times they can use those spells. Yeah. And they may not have access to the higher level spells, exactly. too. Exactly, yep. I think that's a really, really, really neat system. Uh, let's see. There is, of course, the free will, which is an auto battle, and all the characters attack basically at the same time. So battles are super fast. Very fast, yeah. And I love, fucking love that. It is blind random encounters, but free will helps. And I didn't know this design feature at all until I was doing some research. And the random encounters in Suikoden are determined by your movement. It's meant to, like, if you know where you're going to go, if the longer you move in a straight line, the random encounter rate drops. But if more if you want to seek them out and doing lots of twists and turns, then the random encounter rate goes up. That's interesting. So if you're, yeah, if you have in mind, I need to go to this town, pick the shortest route, fewer, fewer random encounters. So I like that because, I mean, like, typically when you're exploring, you're kind of doing twists and turns, and it makes sense that you would have more random encounters mm-hmm. than if you're going, like, in a straight line. Yep. Um, so you talked about free will, which is a battle option. Uh, you can also bribe your enemies. Uh-huh. To go away, which you give them, you can give a wolf like a whole bunch of money yeah. to go away. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of money. Like a really I never use bribe. insane amount of money. Yep. And it'll go away. <laughs> uh, there's also a runaway option, which has a weird name in it. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's not flee or run. It's it's like chase off or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's let go. Let go. That's it. If you run across. If you're in an area where the enemies are a lot weaker than you, the let go option appears, and that's basically run away with a hundred percent success rate. Okay, and there's no penalty to doing it because yeah. yeah, if they're higher than you, then you then you have to run. There's a chance you might fail. Okay, I see. See, I haven't gotten run to show up yet. Yeah, um, I don't feel like I don't feel like I've ever been like under leveled in this game, and I haven't done really any grinding other than I should I take that back. I did like. When you get when you recruit characters and put them in your party, sometimes they are grossly underleveled compared to the rest of your party. Yeah. And in that situation, I have like tried to, and it's pretty quick. Yeah, it is. It, it is station where you can't grind and become super powerful. Like it slows down after a certain point, but it helps underleveled characters catch up to that point very quickly. Which I like. I like it because it's not focused on grinding mm-hmm. it's like you can do it if you want but the you have diminishing returns on it so yep. it's like why would you do it for extended periods of time yeah i love it it's it's that's a very good well thought out system i think all the systems in this game other than the rune system are like very like nice and like and, and clean i like how they're designed mm-hmm. i would honestly probably like the rune system 1000 times more if they just change the names of things where mm-hmm. it's like okay runes are what you use to cast magic shards are what you use to like put on a weapon and crystals are like the magic tabs kind of thing i feel like that is fixed later on where it is something like that i haven't played a lot of these games in a long long time but it just gets confused the naming conventions just get really really confusing yeah, yeah, yeah. for a first time player because it's like god damn it like what am i supposed to do yeah, and it's yeah. like i don't feel like i'm doing it right and it doesn't feel intuitive uh, so it gets kind of frustrating sometimes. I think another cool advantage that I like about this is that because it's a political storyline, it all takes place in um, what I know. I know the White in, House. In, into the White House. Into <laughs> it becomes the Toran Republic. But it all takes place in this one country. They're building this one country, um, which I know in two. It, it's a similar storyline, but it's a neighboring country, and then you can go to the Toran Republic and request resources, which is where and, the first game takes place. Right. Okay. So, a cool thing, I'll throw this in now. If you 
You have a certain time period to collect all 108 stars. Anybody that has a character portrait is either important to the story or recruitable. So that is your tell right there about how you can do it. Mm-hmm. I like that they include that because yeah. you know that you don't need to like waste your time on random NPC in a town. Yeah. If they have a portrait, then you worry about it. Yeah. So uh, there's, a, there's a certain time frame that you need to collect about halfway through what would be chapter four. You need to make sure you have all 108 characters. Um, so I'm going to avoid spoilers. So something very cool happens. Uh, and, and also you get, you get the best ending. And the data from a perfect record data from Suikoden One. If you collect all 108, that's what you're saying. If you collect all 108, if you get, if you do that, something cool happens. Something cool happens in game, Mm -hmm. and you can also transfer your data from Suikoden One into Suikoden Two. Like that's the play because they're both PlayStation games. What data transfers? Like just the data. The you have the Suikoden One save on your memory card. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, what benefit does that give you in Suikoden Two? In Suikoden Two, all the characters that reappear in Suikoden Two from Suikoden One will be about the same level, or about as powerful, or way more leveled up in Suikoden Two. Two representing their journey in Suikoden One. Suikoden Part Two. And their um, their weapons will be more leveled up, like okay. what they were in Suikoden One. Their okay. runes. And the hero from Suikoden One is unlockable in Suikoden Two. Only, which if, I think is the be- only if you get all 108. And you can recruit him. Yes. So are he, there, he is not a, one of the 108 stars. Because I'm about to ask, there's 109. And- Suikoden Two breaks that mold where there are several characters you can recruit that aren't one of the aren't the 108. Okay. It's interesting to me that the main character of the first game is not one of the 108 stars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he's the son of like the big general, is all you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what I have, and then because because the, we're going to talk about two different, two other battle mechanics, and that are the wars, which are the big thing. Because what sucks also because you have to have all the characters alive because characters. Like, what do you mean for what? For, to get the perfect record, okay. all, all 108 at the end, you okay. have to have everyone alive. So not only do you have to recruit all 108, you have to keep them all alive. All alive. They can permanently die in a war, like so, a war or any war. In one of the one of you go you there are like five wars in the game, uh-huh. and in those wars, if you get routed, one of your main characters will die. So can you like, reload. Yeah, okay, yeah, just right. just reload and do it again. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that sucks that you have to do that, but yeah. I mean okay. I mean, like if you didn't know any better, like I did my first playthrough around when I got there, it's like oh. Okay, well, several people died, so I'm just fucked. My innkeeper died. Shit. Yeah, like the first the first time I played through, yeah, uh, Eileen, who is Lapant's wife, I know that I died. know those characters. Yep, she died in a I I chose poorly, and she died in charge from an opposing army. Uh, so I couldn't get um, the 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 ending. The good I couldn't ending. I couldn't do it right. But you didn't probably didn't know about the good ending. I didn't know right, right, right. right. And then the second time I knew about it, I played through, I fucked up and missed one character. He has there are two characters that have a frustratingly small window at the very end of the game. No, I take that back. That's spoiler territory. I let another person died that okay. that shouldn't have died in a um shadow from Final Fantasy VI type situation. Okay. So that's enough. I hope that's enough hint for me to like when it happens in game, be like, "Oh, this is a shadow-like situation." I better wait for him. Better wait. I better wait. Uh, this is an option where, like, I if I had done something, he could have he could have survived, and okay. I didn't. Okay. Um, and the second one, I was able. I did all, everything right. Did all the wars right. Missed a window 
for one, like the, one of the last characters you can get. Uh, and then, of course, then I was pissed off, and I was like, fuck, I'm not playing through this game again for that. Fuck it. So you've so, never done it? I've never done it. That makes me sad a little I've bit. Seen, I've seen Josh and Jacob do it, and but I've, I've never done it. You're just willing to admit that they're better at Suikoden than yeah, you? Yeah, they're better than Suikoden right. than me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> and uh, we're planning on having uh, part two for this episode, and, and hopefully get Josh on here uh-huh. to talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, excellent. And then Jacob, schedule permitting. It'll be kind of, he's around, but doing a show. Uh-huh. So schedule permitting Jacob to come on. Okay, but, excellent. I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you know they have to say about the game yeah, too. Yeah. Although I know it's all positive. Uh, if they're better at Suikoden than you, because Jacob was not much of an RPG guy at all mm-hmm. until Suikoden. Yeah, and I could see like there are because there are so many characters in this game. That's the fun part. Like really, honestly, like I haven't gotten to any of the wars. Going yet. around and trying to find people. How yeah. how do I get them? What yeah. do they do? Yeah. How effective are they? Yes, that's very fun. And honestly, like this is sound so stupid but maybe it's because i'm an art dude but it's like just seeing like a new portrait it's like oh okay yeah because essentially um I, I mean i know we're not talking about story here or anything but someone in the game dies uh and it was my waifu for this game so uh i'm on the hunt for i'm on the hunt for a new one uh still haven't found her because uh, the wars, the wars, mm-hmm. Swigan and one has my favorite war system that it changes in every game but this one, and I understand people will argue that it's too simple. You play a game of war with two decks of cards. You're not too far <laughs> off. It's basically rock, paper, scissors. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. But the way they act it out, mm-hmm. like the way it's drawn with the two armies on either side, and it, it's, I think it's beautifully done, and it's cool. very, very fun. Cool. Because you have your ground units, your archers, and your mages. Okay. And each one counters the other. Okay. Like, so if, like, okay. But so you have to... You have to hope for the best. Like if you get, if both of you throw charge, neither one are you going to suffer any big losses. You're not going to suffer, but you're not going to inflict a lot of damage. But like, say you, each one has their weakness, right? So you choose magic. Mm-hmm. If they choose archer, your mages are fucked. Gotcha. But if they choose um, like ground units, your mages light them up. Okay. It kind of reminds me of, it sounds like, um, I know I talk about Torchbearer a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a tabletop RPG that I really like. But one of my biggest complaints about the game is that all the combat is held through like a paper, a similar like paper, rock, scissors kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, And it's because they didn't want the game, they didn't want combat to be the big focus of the game. Uh, But like it's got a really interesting system where it's like um, if you you lose, depending on the kind of conflict you chose you don't necessarily die uh you kind of like work out a compromise with like the opposing Mm. meta in the meta you work out like a compromise with the gm where it's like okay well we all we almost killed them even though we even though we lost so we get a major compromise right so kind of like that okay anyway because the and there are but there because it's rock paper paper, scissors Mm -hmm. how the how it's basically played but there are that's where recruitment comes in critically because your recruits have unique abilities to help influence that a little bit. Really? So, like, like spies if, and stuff. Right. I heard people talking about spies. If in you chat. have a ninja, mm-hmm. you can send the ninja into the enemy camp. They come back and say, "Okay, their next move. They're sending out their mages." So then you know what your next move. Are they always right? You'd have your archers. Ninjas are right one hundred percent of the time. Okay. Thieves. On I, the I read. Other I've hand, read that before. <laughs> yeah. Thieves, on the other hand, have a 50-50 shot. Okay. That they'll if you, of course, you recruit Kryn, who because I fucking they, hate. It's because they haven't been promoted yet. Right. They're exactly. still they're thieves. Not they're not ninjas yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like they'll come in, they can come out, and they'll tell you, and they're right when they tell you, or they'll come back and say, "I didn't see anything. Mm. Sorry." 
Okay, so you're never given like misleading information. Right, no, no, no. They can just fail. That's cool. Okay. I like uh, that because it would suck if they came back and gave you, just you. wrong yeah. information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recruit, uh, recruit merchants. Any merchant, you can send in your merchants to bargain with the enemy. And sometimes you can convert troops over to your side. You can, okay. pay, you can pay them off and they'll come join you, reducing the enemy's numbers uh, because you have to wipe them out to zero to win a, to win a war. Uh, your strategists can boost the power of whatever your next attack is. So it does kind of break, I mean, it kind of breaks the rock, paper, scissors a little bit, right? Because of these additional yep. features. And, but you, that's also where recruitment comes in handy because you need to make sure you're recruiting everybody you can because you, you, the max you can have are three ninjas. Hey, yeah. yeah, I like that. They kick back, right? Yeah, three ninjas, three thieves. So generally wars are almost take about six turns. So sometimes you're kind of blind guessing, hoping, or, you know, if you have enough. So a perfect war would be ah, your three ninjas war. and your three thieves all succeed, and you know exactly what's going to go on. No risk of anybody dying. You just rout the enemy. Okay. But... They get more difficult, I'm assuming, the wars do, like, as you I progress, think they or? will get longer and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, if you know, uh, I don't know, I don't think you can send, use any more than one unit on one turn. I can't really remember. But I know, like, if you use Matthew, you can boost your ground units. So if you know they're using archers, use a super ground unit and you'll wipe out, you'll do two turns worth of damage in one go. Okay. Cool. I'm kind of looking forward to the wars. But also kind of not, because yeah. it's a completely new mechanic that I haven't, like, I'm excited to see it, but I'm not expecting that I'll do well Yeah, starting out. Well, because if anybody dies, just reset it. Just say before okay. and reset it. All right. Another component is usually, like, after the war, when the enemy's on its last legs, you'll come up to their enemy general, and then... You Taunt him. Then we'll duel. Oh, okay. So it'll be tier versus whoever the enemy general is on a one-on-one battle. That just seems really silly. Just you, you outnumber them five hundred to one. Yep. Just kill them. Yep. Or capture them. Let's be humane. I guess. Yeah. It's it's always good to be humane and sweet. That's another one. Of, that's another little tip for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because you never know who you could recruit, right? Right. That's yeah. That's totally where it's like because you'll you have some options sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. sir, we have the enemy general. What do you want to do with them? Spare them. Kill them. So, like, I know... Spare him. James, like, James Livingston, when he was playing through Suikoden, he was like, fuck them, killed them, killed everybody. Yeah. So, some of, some of them you might be able to recruit, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't, you mm, don't really gotcha. know. Some you, some you can, some you can't. Got so. a real Magus situation yeah. on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. I like that. I need all the tips. I need all the tips. And then with dueling is pretty similar, because you have attack, all-out attack, and defense, and they counter each other. But your little tip is what they say ahead of time. It's so, a normal tip. Yeah. It's a good size tip. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> People say most duelists prefer that size right. tip. Right, yeah. No, it works out. It works out. So you, you have to judge by what they're saying to what you should do. Like if they're going to use their all-out attack, you better defend. This it's, is specifically in the duel. In the duel. Okay. Yeah. So and you each it's your health bar and the enemy's health bar. So I mean, is it pretty easy to figure out? It's pretty easy for them early on. It's yeah. much easier. Then it gets much more difficult gotcha. later on. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming you're not able to save between the war and the duel. It's kind of like a one so. shot kind of thing. I mean, I can't really remember, yeah. but probably not. Okay, just curious. I mean, it, it it seems like it would lessen the experience if you could save. So yeah. Uh, my my PlayStation has a, a save state feature on it. So. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I love those PlayStations. Uh, also, I'll give you another tip. 
because there's somebody you recruit named Vicky. Vicky, I'm not, Vicky and Gene are both in all the Suikidens. Okay. Uh, Vicky, it's still under debate if she has a true rune or not, but she has like a blinking rune, which is what you use t- for teleportation. Okay. And all her spells and stuff like that have involving teleporting in objects and, and things like that. You can use her in battle, but she's mainly you used. You can't use her in battle? You can use oh, her in you battle. Oh, you can yeah, use yeah. her. I got you. Okay. Her main thing in battle, her main thing in the castle is just. Being named Vicky. Any play, being like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like small wonder. She's just, she's cool. Uh, she'll teleport you to any place that you've been. So, which is a huge lifesaver by the time you get her. Yeah. And then she gives you an item called the blinking mirror, and she has another blinking mirror in your castle. So, you use the blinking mirror to go back to your castle, and then you use her to teleport you somewhere. So, oh, you use the blinking mirror. I got you. It, it I got a spot you. So, the blinking inventory. mirror is an uh, inventory. Yep. Okay. Use that, you. go back to your castle. Go back you. to Vicky, and then Vicky you. will teleport you. Cool. Uh, I never made this mistake, but apparently it's very common. All keep the blinking mirror on the hero. Okay. If you give it, because I saw you were pissed off about you had the dragon seal incense. Yeah. Gave it to Luke, and then Luke, Luke left leaves the party. your party. Right. Which I'm he, glad you told me that his name was Luke and not Luck. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, L U C is probably Luke. <laughs> probably not Luck. You sent, but it, like I instances where like Victor will leave your party for a long period of time before he comes back. Several people put the give the blinking mirror to Victor. So when he mm, leaves, it's you'll go through 10, 20% of the game without the blinking mirror, having to backtrack and run I gotcha. all over the fucking globe. And I don't it want, sucks. I don't want Victor to leave. Yeah. Even oh, I though, love Victor. Even I though now I've Victor. got more characters than I know what to do with. Yeah. And, like, and I think that's really neat because it's like I've got the f- whole LaPont family. Yeah, you know, it's like I got I got Daddy Lapont, Mama Lapont, Baby Lapont, and it's yeah. like, man, I just want to make a I just want to make a big old family and like roll roll around and party like that. That's I, I like, it's the that's the fun of the game to me. Like right now, like that's part of the fun of the recruitment. It's not only seeing the portraits and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also being like, man, like what kind of themed party could I create? Yeah, um, is there a lot of good and a lot of people like you wouldn't expect to be good, like Antonio the chef? Yeah, he for some weird reason he can use shields. Which you don't use a lot of characters that can get shields, I don't but it think makes I've, their defense through the roof. I don't think I've ever been able to buy a shield for any character yep. so far. Yep, he can use one for some but reason. I do, but I do have Antonio. Yep. Antonio can join your your uh-huh. adventuring party? <laughs> yep. The chef? So can uh, the guy who makes the elevator. What's the... Why? What's the... Why? <laughs> He's Sergei. super shitty. Sergei. Sergei. Yeah. Uh, what's the... Who... Like, I, I remember Sergei because, like, he his portrait doesn't look like this, but his sprite in, like, the overworld or whatever... Mm-hmm. To- he totally looks like uh, like David Tennant, Doctor Who, because he's got this like <laughs> trench coat Old on. Trench right? coat, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of characters you wouldn't expect to be able to use that you can or have weird abilities. Why but, would you? Just yeah. for a hard hard mode run or something? Yeah, if or you what? just want to do something different. Or early on when you don't have a ton of options, like you've got like yeah, but I five good like, characters. Uh, you know, I got five good ones and eighteen uh, shit ones. Taiho, Yamku, and Sergei. <laughs> uh, I guess Sergei. Dude, uh, and it's like, it's okay. So I got a question for you. I think it's Yamku. It's like I was going through like, who should I like? Who should I? Uh, the first time I get the option of like, you can build your own party now. You have enough characters, you can build your own party. Mm-hmm. Like Yamku's like strength was t- through the goddamn Ruth. Ruth. Oh really? The Ruth. <laughs> compared to, uh, I've been drinking a little tiny bit. Uh, compared to the other characters, and we it's got like, some good blood orange cider. Yeah, this is actually really good. I'm gonna regret it because it's cider. It's gonna mm. give me a crazy headache. <laughs> but it's called Space. Unfiltered, <laughs> but it's like I don't know. It's like I'm constantly wondering, like, oh, is this character like secretly good? 
You will find that sometimes. Like, um, of course, it's a JRPG. Of course, I will. Yeah, I mean, that's like, kind of how I feel. Um, a lot of the elves are super powerful. Like one of the last recruits that I get is an elf named Angie, and his magic status through the fucking roof. So of course, I had to put him in my party. And like an, the obviously good mage Crowley, you know, after Alistair Crowley, Crowley Doctor Crowley. Um, his his physical stats attack everything as shit, but he has the strongest magic but he, in the game. He does summon Satan. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. It does pretty good in wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what Pesmerga? This huge black knight is very very strong. But I think the strongest, physically strongest character in the game. He's super slow, but he looks like King from the Tekken series named oh, Fusu Lu. He looks like a giant wrestler with a tiger tiger hat on. Okay. And he's awesome? He, he I used him, I put like a double beat rune on him and used him in like the final battle. A double beat? Double beat, they hit twice. Okay, I got you. And then something, I mean, runes like that, I think double beat, I don't think you suffer unbalanced from it. Oh, nice. So no, you'll get the character of Valeria eventually and Valeria's falcon rune, double damage, no unbalanced. So you're just every time just tearing through shit with her. Cool. So that's, I mean, you have to kind of find the OP physical runes for ru- for physical characters physical to characters. keep up with magic characters. Gotcha. I don't use magic a lot because it's, uh, as we all know, a consumable resource. Uh-huh. So I'd prefer I prefer physical characters. Yep. I'm also afraid to use any of, I'm afraid to use the Soul Eater rune because um, it's cursed. They discourage you like it's going to fuck with you. I know. You can use it all. Okay. Because right. <laughs> okay. the game, like in the narrative, they are like, be careful when you use this. Yeah. I'm I'm in pain 100% of the time for 300 years. Please don't <laughs> use this. So I'm always like, I guess I won't. I guess I just got a worthless rune on me. <laughs> no, I mean, Soul Eater is pretty fucking badass. But yeah, they make it. I guess that's just for narrative effect. But really, you can use it every battle, and you're totally All right. fine. They should have put JK in parentheses. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but it's the rune that governs life and death. Okay. Okay. It's one of the true runes. It is a true rune. Yeah. yeah. So it. When the sword hit the shield. A little piece of that was the yep was the soul eater yep okay and because it's sentient it chooses its wielder probably on the sword part is my guess yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anybody who bears a true rune typically also have immortality or gives a true rune to a bear because <laughs> <laughs> like I do have some true like we don't know because usually like you at certain part portions in the game they will mention another country so you get a little glimpse of how big the world is uh-huh. and the, all the bordering countries and how they interact so because like they'll mention i forget the country so we get into to the south like paraguay. should we should we go should we go to paraguay <laughs> and request resources or you know we'll strike there next uh-huh. so then you're so we get in two next fighting against the country on the other side of you and this we get in two then you hear about the holy kingdom of harmonia uh-huh. well harmonia is a big thing and so we get in three the well you mentioned they you I see a character come over from Harmonia and a character from the Grasslands, which are two more countries a little further south. Okay. So, so they're then, world building, essentially, gradually, like as, as yeah, they yeah. go, which is cool. I mean, like, I'm glad that, I, I mean, one of my favorite things about the story so far in Suikoden is the fact that it is so small geographically. Uh-huh. And I don't know how big it opens up, but it's like so far, it's like a lot of stuff is happening in a pretty small space. And I, and I like that a lot uh-huh. because it's like... It makes more sense. Yeah. It not because only, I fall into this... I have this written down in my notes because I fall into this trope whenever I like run D&D games. I'll have a massive continent with like four cities on sure, the whole sure, fucking continent. Right, sure. Uh, so this breaks it down where you just have a ton of big or little or extremely little settlements in 
a country. It also mm-hmm. allows them to focus on the narrative, which which is a part that I really appreciate mm-hmm. because it's like the story is quick. Uh, I mean, like things happen pretty quick. And I, if you had a large area to explore, which is fun for a lot of people, uh, but I mean, when you got a large area, like Final Fantasy VI, for example, I love Final Fantasy VI, but there's a lot of, like the first time you're playing it, I feel like there's a lot of exploration, mm-hmm. especially in the second half of the game. Yep. And it's and it's like there isn't so much of that in, in the whole world. There are like twelve towns. Is that right? Like, I've probably gotten to like it, a quarter of it's, them. It's um, I mean, I mean, in Final them. Fantasy. Oh like, right, right, yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy. The whole world, like you're on a, yeah. a continent, a continent the size of Asia. And yeah, there are three cities. Right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like I get why they do it from like a game mechanic standpoint. Yeah. Like you know, you gotta get those levels up, dog. Yeah. But I mean, like. <laughs> I, it's nice to play a game like Suikoden where it's like you don't have to worry about grinding for experience that much. You don't have to worry about um, traveling that much. It's a it, it feels like a tighter story, and I, uh-huh. and I like that. And I, and I'm, the main thing is it's like uh, because they're not really world building, they're country building. There isn't a whole lot of information that I can get jumbled up because it's like and I love fantasy. I love games set in fantasy worlds, but it's like. Anytime I'm reading a fantasy novel, and I really have to like get past all the proper nouns in there because it's like I either have to memorize every proper noun mm. or just fucking just pass them over. Where it's like, all right, there's in the there's in the P village. Just remember his village he's from starts with a P, and it'll be fine. And later on, uh, I will rec- I'll marry those two. You know, it's like he's from the land of Periwinkle, and it's like I'll just say it's the P. It's the P land. Uh, like I feel like in Suikoden, there's not a lot of time for me to forget stuff. Yeah. Um, where like in a in a RPG with a much bigger world, by the time I get by the time I leave the town with a quest, travel a long distance to the dungeon, get through the dungeon, and then from that dungeon travel to the next town I'm supposed to get to, there is like an eighty percent chance I have forgotten what I'm supposed to do when I get to that town. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like uh, I guess I'll just talk to every NPC in town, which I'm gonna do anyway, yeah. and then try, try to figure it out from yeah. there. In Suikoden, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, I got a purpose. And it's like, everything feels urgent in Suikoden, too, because it's like, you are building an army, and you have got to go to war. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like Matthew, your strategist guy, your main your main Which I, I dude, love, God, I love Matthew. He is always like, I mean, he's not bothering you about it, but he's very much like, this is what we need to do. And it's like, it makes it feel urgent that you've got that character there who's like, uh, no, you got to like got to focus on this. Like for instance, I know we're not talking about story a whole lot, but uh, recently in my last playthrough, um what's happened is an elf has washed up on the on the docks uh-huh. of my castle. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like we want to help that elf out cuz he's talking about how like their people are going to like genocide right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we got to help with that, but Matthew's like, remember we do we uh, we do need to go to war. So yeah. we, obviously we need to help the elves, but maybe we need to make put together a little uh, reconnaissance mission before we send all of our forces there. Yeah. So it's it's nice. It makes it like I don't know. Your strategies is what keeps things grounded. Yeah. And like all the Suikoden's, like the strategies is always a very cool, complex, grounding character. Cool. Well, I like it. I love the fact. I love Matthew. I love the fact that he's there because I do feel like without him, the story might meander or mm-hmm. the. The progress might meander. Yep. I don't know if there are a whole lot of side quests in this game. I haven't. He, he comes from a family who is like they're prolific military strategists. 
So like in, in subsequent weekends, you'll find other members of his family, other students of his that you can recruit and work with. Like if you go back, I'm not sure when you can do it, but when you go back to Matthew's school where you found him, yeah. one of his students will be there asking about him. You can recruit her. Not yet. Not because yet. Because I did, I talked okay. to the students the, on my most, my last, the last time I played. Yeah. And they were all just saying stupid stuff like, we're kids. Yeah. Because so. <laughs> eventually you'll find Apple, who was his most gifted student, and Apple will join you. I got And you. Apple's Then a little... you find Orange. Orange. Who's constantly, <laughs> constantly rivaling. Or an orange kid who, right. who makes Saporma <laughs> that you can play. Because uh, then Apple is a bigger character Earthbound, as she's Earthbound. older in Sweden 2. And I feel like she even makes an appearance as a middle-aged woman in like Sweden 3. Interesting. Cool. No, I, I love it. I, I think that's really neat. I, I'm not even done with the first game, but I, I'm interested to see what the second game is like. God, I love it. It's, I don't want to build it up too much to you. Yeah, you got to be careful about that. Yeah, for I mean, sure. It is like Suikoden one. I think is a top fifteen. I love Suikoden. I love like sitting like Victor and Flick and a lot of Ubrem Pesmerga, which you don't know them yet. No, like a lot of stuff that I I love are set forth in this game. But it's cool. It, it's a cool game. It is one that I can. I I do feel like it is tougher to appreciate now than it probably was when it came out, as most mm-hmm. games are. But um, it doesn't. It's it's appearance like. I love the art in it, but mm-hmm, like it's absolutely. it's graphical quality overall is not fantastic. Yeah, but I can. I mean, it's all like pixel art style. It's not like a polygonal or like PlayStation polygonal where it's, it's like not polygamous. Just, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's very. It's a very traditional. It just loves you <laughs> while you're with it. Right, and you know I like that. There's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. I prefer that. Uh, some don't, but I, I I don't know, man. It's like I I think it looks good. I I, I mean to me it looks like a Super Nintendo game. Which uh, it might be a turnoff to some people, but it's like the effects in the game are really nice. Where it's like I know, like for example, uh, the sleep spell. Uh, I can't mm. remember what it's called, but it's like the battle music is going. You're fighting, and you cast a sleep spell, and the battle music slows down. Like mm. when you cast, and I mean, it like it like really like slows down. Slow petals start falling everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's really. I think it's a really nice effect. Like I mean, it legitimately. I was like, oh, that's that's super cool, and I I think I get surprised by stuff like that because it looks so much like. A SNES RPG. Yeah, uh, where I'm not used to like effects like that. You know what I mean? No, I, I love the rune effects and all the magic. I think everything like that is very, very cool. There are a lot of things to discover within the the combat. Like, and I think that's cool too because it's like we just discussed how you know there's you know, not that many cities or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not geographically, it's not big, but like there's a lot of exploration within the combat where it's like I'm already thinking like what characters unite with other characters you know like mm-hmm. you, like i mean i'm assuming it's not just the main character right, who can other unite others, yeah and it's like i assume that the laponts can unite or in some regard if they can't then um so we can i don't, I, know, I don't know if they can i never i i think i used lapant a few times but i never used Eileen or sheena lapant is like 100% 100% Mike Hagar's closeted lover. <laughs> like I mean he is he is the Mike Hagar of this game if not if nothing than for his mustache. He's like he's like an orange version of uh Hagar I feel like because he is very orange. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Cuz I guess I'm going to talk more about the true runes cuz they each embody different elements. We don't know what they all are. Are there false runes? Like I'm, like fool's gold? Are there fool's runes? You know, I want to say that there have been. 
Yeah. I can't recall, though, but I want to say remember a, a story point at one point, like someone cool. having a fake rune. Cool. I like that. But they embody, like, two different aspects of life. And usually, like, I feel, I think the, I don't remember this, but I think the soul eater is generally called cursed because most people can only coax out its death element. But it's also the rune of life. So a, a user who bonds in it the correct way can use both both aspects. Um, and then I know, let's see, true runes in Suikidem 1 that you come across. I know the dragon rune that Joshua, the king of the dragon knights, has that. He's immortal, has command over dragons like that because of the rune. I would hope so, being yep. the king of the dragon knights and all. <laughs> uh, Leknot has a true rune. Um, she has the the gate rune, which I think is probably common sense. Like, oh, okay, this bitch probably has true, probably has a true rune. She's, well, pretty, I mean, pretty, good. she's, just <laughs> she's giving, pretty good. She's just giving runes away at the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else is in this one. Uh, but another one's a spoiler, but I'll, All right. I'll stop there. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. But each one is centered around a, a true, you say typically a character has a true rune or half of a true rune in each of the, in each of the entries. Okay. So yeah, some true runes can be split in half. Okay. Again, we're getting kind of confusing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. Like, I, I don't know. It's fun that there's depth there, but on, from, like, a mechanical standpoint, it's really tough for, like, someone coming in blind and being like, wow, this is really different, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's uh, it's cool on one hand. It's very, very cool. But on the other hand, it's kind of just like, man, I just kind of want to play an RPG. Uh, and it's cool that you're doing a whole bunch of different stuff. But at the same time, if it were just... Explain just a little, just a little bit. Yeah, it would yeah, make yeah. it a lot yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. We're still in the realm of instruction manuals. Yeah. And I have not read the instruction manual, which probably would clear up a whole bunch of this stuff. But on the other hand, it's like I don't know, man. I, I, it, 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 we're at the point now where it's like I feel like you could probably be a little more intuitive. Yeah. And you know, it's it's got to be tough to balance at the same time because it's like it's so not traditional. And it's magic system um, that it's, you know, going to be hard for anyone to grasp coming in the first time. Yeah, I guess I like the true runes just because we don't know what they all are. I'm interested in the histories and that they're sentient and have their own goals and ambitions. So I know there are a lot of fan theories about what what the runes have done in the background and kind of steer the course of human history. Is you you're talking about fan theories makes me wonder, like, is this series dead? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, essentially, like, it, no one's expecting the next week of them to come out, I'm assuming, no. right? Co- okay. I mean, it's Konami. They right. kind of, they're just kind of like, we got a lot of good shit they're just not working with There's anymore. probably like a six week in Pachinko machine out there somewhere. You're, you're probably right. Um, involving 108 stars. Yeah. I don't know how Pachinko works, but... <laughs> If star, if they can work stars in there somewhere, man, I feel like I feel like I read that there was a Swigat in Pachinko Machine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Konami, they're making money hand over fist with Pachinko Machines, so I don't see them being any any big hurry to do anything anymore with Swigat in. I did get to see we, the we got six game, seven games technically from the series, so that that's a lot. Yeah. That's quite a bit, uh, considering that it's not like a really super early RPG series. You yeah. know, I mean, it has its roots in the in the mid nineties. As opposed yeah. to like the late <laughs> '80s kind of deal, um, it was nice seeing the Konami earthquake uh, screen, which I'm yeah. super unfamiliar <laughs> yeah. with because I didn't play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't play a lot of Konami games for the PlayStation, so it's like honestly, like the first time I saw it was like uh, I guess when I played Symphony of the Night, uh, which was way later than it came out, mm. and it's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah, Konami <laughs> had this like earthquake intro that they did for a while. 
Yeah, except you see that on, um, you didn't play the original version, but I think that's on Symphony of the Night as well. Yeah, yeah. and Rondo, yeah. Is there, um, so why do you love this game? Oh, it's it's different, and mm-hmm. I love the recruitment. I just love, I feel like that's the big selling point. That's your favorite part? Yeah, the recruitment and the castle building and mixing and matching, and then like, they don't, all the characters are really different. They do a really good job of differentiating every character and their strengths and their abilities and their backstory. Like Victor, Victor and Flick are—they I mean they're two hard-headed guys from from uh, the Rebels, but character-wise, once you get to know them, they're very different. And I, like I, I love Victor and Flick. Victor's like a thief type character. He's yeah, he's the brawler kind of uncouth bear thief, like yeah, and a grifter, a grifter. <laughs> uh, Flick is your red mage type character. I got gotcha. you. I haven't he's spent like, a lot of time. He's with like, him. he's lawful good. Like gotcha. he's, I uh, he he and I shared the love of a woman, so mm-hmm. we are rivals. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's going to be like when he joins my party. And it's it it never hits the nail on the head. Like, but you can just surmise some things. Like you eventually find out where he's from and some things you can put together. It doesn't say it obviously, but you figure out some things about him. Interesting. After you go to like um, a village later in the game. Okay. Then like everything becomes a little more obvious. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I think the the characters are also my favorite thing in this game so far. Yeah. Uh, so like I, I really do. I look forward to that. Um, I don't know that I'll be done with the game by the time we talk about it for an, uh, an episode. Cause hey, I, if this is Three. I mean, I ideally, I think this game should be three. This game should be three episodes. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You don't think we're gonna run out of stuff? No. Okay. I mean, I mean it's we, kind of a... this is like the intro to the you know the mechanics of the game. Uh huh. Sure. We bring on Jacob and Josh for stories and breaking down the overall story. Like we can do spoilers in future but you, episodes. But you guys are gonna but... have to like walk on fucking eggshells because yeah. I'm gonna be like, I am at the part in this game where I. Did well, we this just thing. know how far you are. You are, and then yeah. we'll just make sure we fill in our notes that we don't go past that point. <laughs> All right. Fine with that. Okay. All right. And because I'd love to have talk about it after you finish the whole thing. Yeah. So okay. All right. I mean, it's not a long game, right? I mean, like people are telling me it's no, like a twenty-hour 20 game, hours. but I'm like twelve hours into it, and I don't feel like I am like far <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, once I haven't you, even had a war yet. Yeah. One. I feel like once you get to the wars, and it starts escalating pretty quickly. Okay. I mean, right now I'm just going to the Great Forest with an elf. Yeah. Like that's my thing right now. I mean, you're pretty close. You're pretty close to a war. To a war. Yeah. Like, how far would you say? I'm like, uh, am I a third of the way through the game? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I can deal with that. Because you're. I mean, you're about to. I feel like after the, very close to after the elves, you have your first war. Okay. All right. Uh, the elf war, they call it. The elf war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I feel like we're about at time there. All right. Do you want to, I mean, so you want to cease all talkings of Suikoden? Yeah. Would yeah. you like to take a call or two? Or Let's take a call. Just, all right. Yeah, because we don't have achievements or beards and glasses because we're not done yet. I'm going to save that for the last the last installment of Suikoden cast. Let's see who's called us. Who has called us? It's not Phil. It's not Phil, even though he said he was going to start calling us on the regular uh, to blockade the Adam calls. It hasn't It didn't happen. didn't manifest. It's okay. Let's see. This is from 580. I'm not sure if it's a different 580 or if it's 580. Let's find out. Talking Tad, Paul, Chris here. Uh, so I was listening to the LSD Dream Simulator episode where I can't remember who called in. But- that is an old episode. <laughs> I'll have a link to that in the show notes. But uh, somebody called in about either he- or hearing the weirdest noise when you're uh, giving face or receiving a Brandon Johnson. 
uh, which reminded me, because I love you guys' story, reminded me of uh, a time when I was making sweet, sweet love to the wife. Making face. Uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, where plowing away, you know, as one does. You can tell he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, my dog, who was a puppy at the time, decided to run up and lick me square in the brown eye. Yeah. Nice. And it released a noise <laughs> from my mouth that uh, sounded... And Your back mouth, I think you mean. <laughs> <laughs> resembled Hank Hill when he surprised oh. a noise, which uh, caused a face of complete confusion with the wife who every time she brings it up nowadays can't stop laughing whenever she makes the noise again uh yeah so that was that was my weirdest noise also another time plowing the wife and a bead of sweat dropped off my forehead yes. into her mouth uh which, cool. uh, which All right. was funny again you can tell he's lying uh <laughs> clearly clearly chris has never had sex before that was i was in her you know that it's that it's that hole that <laughs> you know it feels like uh this is like 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 Tupperware <laughs> filled with cream corn. For me, which I can always bring up, and she doesn't laugh about it. In fact, she gets pissed about it whenever I bring it up. But it's payback. So, all right, love you guys. Later. Uh, thanks for calling, Chris. I got to meet Chris at uh, Tadpog Prom, uh, and uh, he was super cool. But I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a weird assumption. Let's just call it an assumption. If she's mad about the bead of sweat going in her mouth. I bet there's some things she's not into. It's <laughs> <laughs> about to say, because Melissa loves it when I'm like sweating all over her. She loves like knowing that I am working for it. Yeah. 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 You're, you're getting it. Well, it wasn't so much the sweat that I'm going for, but it's I good mean, thing I'm so fat and I sweat easily. <laughs> so she's, it's easy to get her into it. And you guys exclusively fucking saunas. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, but uh, the YMCA <laughs> called and they're sick of your shit. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Chris. It was nice meeting you in Louisville. Uh, good luck with uh, good luck with the dog. Now that it's got a taste of butthole, it'll never forget. Never, it's gonna go back. Trust me. Might as well just trust me. I know. Might as well just take it to the pound. <laughs> Let somebody else deal with that butt licking dog. <laughs> Next call. This is from three six one. Fucking Tadpog. This is Bubba Shane. Hey, Bubba Shane. I've just finished or just listened to the uh, the Patreon episode uh, the new in, in uh, October. And Taryn brought up a couple of different sex terms involving sea creatures, one being the seagull, one right. being the whale. I also have heard of a different one. It's called a dolphin, and what you, or, or more specifically, flipper. And what a flipper is, is when you try to fuck a girl in the ass, and then she bats your hand away and goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> So it makes her hand look like a flipper and mm -hmm. the noise, so... I thought that was a fun thing. And I, then I she rescues you from sharks. Anyway, Y'all have a good day. Bye. Thanks, Bubba Shane. I got to meet Bubba Shane at, uh, in Louisville yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, So even though I'm, I met him last year, but I got to see him this year, which yeah. is really cool. Um, we played uh, Wii Sports Resort, the Frisbee <laughs> frisbee Golf. Cool. I didn't know it was a thing. We played that with uh, with Bubba Drewski and uh, Kyle and Ryan from Experience Grind. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I liked that. All right, next call. This is from 502. Hey, Tadpog. This is Nathan from being slightly better at Dave at Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition it's true. at Paul Korn's birthday party. What's up, Nathan? Anyway, I was calling to let you know that I think you guys might be onto something here. You stated in a 2016 episode that Tony Danza is probably the actor best known for playing actors, I mean, characters called Tony. Uh -huh. Well, 
I wanted to let you know that two years later, in the year of our Lord 2018, Tony Danza is playing a cop, well, an ex-cop, on a Netflix show called The Good Cop. Called Tony. His name, Tony Caruso. Yes. <laughs> are on it. Yeah. I'm glad that we were right in that scenario, because usually when someone pulls up uh, old episode stuff, we're very, very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and those calls could start off as, hi, I listened to an old episode. You guys uh, said some wrong shit. <laughs> I don't particularly like your show, but notice you were wrong. Can't let that fly. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Thank you, Nathan. I got to see Nathan in Louisville, too. So, I mean, that was that was really cool. We were freezing together in the uh, in the pool area. Uh, it was. Don't worry. It was a pool that was cemented over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so none of us drunk bastards could fall in and drown. We got time for. Uh, you got time for yeah, one more? Anything? Yeah. Do one more? These roll, are roll the die. See if it's quick. an Adam call. All right, here we go. This is from five oh two. Good morning, you beautiful mother lovers. It is Angela Kyle saying hello. What's hey, up, I Kyle? want to tell you guys a quick story that I was thinking about. So it made me think of you, Dave. So. Fine. There. Yeah, you don't know. Fine, Kyle. Don't get upset yet. You don't know where this is going. That's true. He could have been like, I met a man with an extremely small penis. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Adam. He paid me to make fun of him. And I thought of you, Dave, because you also have an extremely small penis. Although you don't like it when I bring it up. <laughs> it's, not small. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not small. It's, it's not. Yeah, let's just go with that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not going to say what it is. It's, it's not it's small. Not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that old woman asking Josh, "How big's your dick?" Big, big enough. enough. <laughs> it's like it's like Goku's staff. It just it just grows to however <laughs> whatever length you need. It's essentially. I made a deal with the robot devil that I could I could never increase the girth, but the length. Uh, yep. I can go. I can go for days. I think it's Friday with my son. We went. You need a cervix stab? Call me. <laughs> <laughs> you need someone to be satisfied. Well, you need okay, someone yeah. like be. I mean, real. I mean, in sort of pain unless they're into that. Yeah, so. right. yeah. And look, the ones who are into it are the ones you want to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> cool chicks. <laughs> you like cervical pain? You're a okay in our book. <laughs> <laughs> new new motto. New Ted Fog motto. <laughs> the doctor's office we had to go see what was going on with him but while we were there we realized the nurse comes in and she's like hey by the way you're a little bit behind on a couple of your shots so he's getting all worried he's like oh man how many do i have to get i just, i'm sitting there with the nurse i'm sitting there with my son all of a sudden i go shot Shot, 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 shot. Everybody. So, yeah, I completely embarrassed my son in front of the nurse, and I think I definitely did not win Father of the Year points at that stage in my life. So, But I want to tell you about it, because while I did that, I was thinking of Tadpog. So, all right. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Thank you for doing that. I he'll, he'll appreciate that when he does that again in a few more years. Exactly. So it's like you're planting good dad point seeds. I love that. And also, uh, I hope that the nurse... Brought you back uh, a couple shots of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, we're good. Tequila she injected right into your body. <laughs> all right, I am going to inject this directly into your bloodstream, but I still need to do it in your butt. Okay, like. <laughs> Let's take another one. You just want to go until we get to an Adam. Call. I do. Yeah, I get so. All right, here's another next call. Some five six two. Thanks for calling, Kyle. I got to see Kyle in Louisville too, man. Hell yeah! Thanks for hanging out, dude. 
Hi, Ted Fog. I was just uh, wanted to call you. Oh, this is Janie, uh, executive person, <laughs> Janie. I... Hey, Jay. Hey, Janie. You sound like you're about as drunk as I am yeah. right now. <laughs> Are you going to talk about squeaking in poorly for the next <laughs> hour and a half, or was that just me? <laughs> just wanted to call you and say how every time you you say hello, Internet, I'm like, oh, my name's Internet now. And then and then you say I'm your respectable host Dave. And Sometimes. I'm like, Hi Dave. Hey Janie. Even though you can't hear me, I just oh I hear you. Cute. And the same thing with Tyler. Tyler, you're beautiful. Stop saying you're not beautiful. <laughs> See? Anyways, love you guy. What? Yeah, terrified Michelle thinks you're beautiful too. She know. I might believe you, Janie, uh, but I don't believe Michelle. <laughs> no. Why would you not believe Michelle on that? Because she said it under duress. Under duress? Like, like, I, like I had to be you, like, I had ho- to call her out on it. She's like, oh, no, no, you're beautiful. No, no, you? that's not an original offering. No, thank you. No, no, you have a gun. You're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Love you guys. I don't have a question. I'm just, yeah, fig- yeah, figure it out. Give me a question. Oh, sorry. okay. <laughs> All right. That's- <laughs> yeah, how about you guys ask me a question for once? All right. That's dangerous, belligerent, drug dandy, dandy, dandy. No, I clearly I can't come up with a question. <laughs> oh man, we got like we have. There's like 20 more seconds, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, keep going. Let's see. Unless you want to come up with a question real quick. No. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, would you name one of your children beloved Adam? Because I think you should. I think he's great. Anyways. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, just make sure it's first name beloved, and I guess maybe middle name Adam. Yeah. Anyways, bye. I uh, I've already renamed Henry Jeppy, so <laughs> Nikki was not excited about that. She's gonna be really, really, really mad. And if she I... don't watch it, she gonna be Jeppy too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Janie, thank you for calling Executive Bruiser Janie. Everybody. That way, you can say I'm gonna get Jeppy in a jiffy. Oh, I like that. Or I can say Jeffy's about to get sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffy about to be grimly. Would you like to take another call? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's not Adam. Although I still have to remember the first time um, I met Janie uh, at um, uh, Tadpog Prom last year. Whenever she met me, she looked very... She was all all wide eyes, came and gave me a hug, and she said, "You're not that big." <laughs> <laughs> so, and you're like, "Thank you, I get that a like, lot." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, next call is from our friend Taryn. She's in my phone book. Look at that. I knew. Oh, she, I knew who it was. I don't even know her. <laughs> I don't even know that girl's area code. <laughs> Hello, Tad Fog. It's Karen, your favorite lady that discusses butt things with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second favorite. Oh, yeah, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to be my title. Too bad. Keep it yeah, too late. Uh, sorry, butt lady. Um, butt lady Taryn from here on out. That's way. <laughs> Second favorite butt lady Taryn. <laughs> yeah, that's way easier for me to remember than that friend's reference. I'm sorry. Second favorite butt lady Taryn it is. <laughs> Let it, the record state. <laughs> a horsey, horse mouth. <laughs> um, I have, I'm listening to the Mega Man episode, and I have to call it and tell you something, because 
Tyler was talking about putting the shower or the tub back into his bathroom and hiding stuff in walls. Booger man. Tyler, you need to like make sure you write that down and don't forget it because that is a whole weird subgenre that is huge right now. Um, my a subgenre of what exactly? <laughs> putting booger man in different places, <laughs> hiding things. What, it's called wiping your booger, and you put bo- <laughs> uh, <laughs> carts of booger man in different places. <laughs> Favorite murder. I know we've mentioned them before on the oh, podcast. Oh yeah, that's a great My show. Favorite murder uh, podcast and true crime podcast. They do a whole segment now. They had to add another show on Booger Man. They do a whole <laughs> a segment every episode. They're like, let's talk about murder, and then they do a twenty-five minute segment on Booger Man. We're the Booger Bitches, and we talk about <laughs> nothing but Booger Man. Can we rename her show The Booger Bitches? <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, hey, subscribe to us on Patreon at the $10 level a month. Uh, you get access to our monthly show, Booger Bitches. <laughs> that we do just for Adam. <laughs> just for Alex Pena. <laughs> and Cousin David. And Cousin David, you're right. <laughs> to their weekly lineup, and they basically, it's a segment where you would do other shit Monday. Um, they do a whole segment now of just send in your hometown murders or your weird and creepy murders and they got so many stories in as opposed to your blase murder (laughs) (laughs) about people finding shit in walls of either houses they were rebuilding or houses they had just uteruses things like a guy found like ten thousand dollars which watch watch i'll start knocking down walls right now um another lady had found like 10, 15 years worth of someone's toenail clipping. Mm. You know, people have found like creepy pictures. They found, there was this one where they found an entire um, like pet cemetery of dead cats. Yeah, like lots of things. So you need to hide something else in your wall and like make it like there was a creepy murder or situation there. But, you know, hiding your... Yeah, Tyler, why don't you murder somebody? You bitch. All right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Your history of the podcast in there is wonderful as well. Also, you keep calling the Six Flag Man Six Flag Man. He has a name. It's Six Flag Man. His name is Mr. Six, and he is back in action. You will start seeing him again in Six Flags commercials because Six Flags is working on a new acquisition. The Sega. Sega Land. We talked about this on a previous episode. seconds of nerdy coaster theme park talk. Six Flags over Sega. Yeah, you get Mr. Six in there. Dressed up as Alex Kidd. That's fine. It's good. Wonderland with Alex Kidd. Yeah. 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 His name is Mr. Six, not Six Mac, Six Flags Man. Uh, all right. All right. Don't get your don't don't get all upset. I'm sorry we said the wrong name. Yeah. Second, Second favorite, favorite butt, butt lady, lady Taryn. Taryn. <laughs> um, I don't have a question. I just I'm listening to the episode. I'm kind of working from home this morning because I don't feel well. So. Kinda. You'll notice she threw a kinda in there. I'm kinda working from home this morning. You know, like I'm kinda doing a podcast I right ki- now. I kinda looked at my email once before watching more Friends on Netflix. I don't have a question. Um, you call me back if you have butt stuff questions again. That's the Patreon shout out. Donate to Tad Pod. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Taryn. You want to hear Taryn talk about butt stuff? Patreon. She did tell us to call her, so we probably should go ahead and do that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, never mind. If I call her from this number, Google makes me do weird stuff. That's probably going to take 10 minutes. Okay. So so never mind. Just know that we're thinking. Google make you do butt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Google does make you do butt stuff. Well, I'm going to call her there, but man, no calls from Adam. That was the biggest streak we've had since we started getting calls from Adam. 
can I? I don't mean to spoil anything. So next um, call from Adam. We we never hear back from Adam. All right, makes so, sense. The internet one. The yeah, inter- the internet inter- one. I'm scrolling through. I don't see a single Adam call. It looks like. Um, Oh no! Never mind. There's like ten in a row. It's just, it's just, it's just. After we got three more no Adams, and then we got then Adams back, and I bet his <laughs> He's first catching up. Yeah, his first call is probably like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I haven't called you guys in a while." <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then I'll call it there. Then thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Well, are we on Google Play? Is that another place? Yeah, I hear we are. I added us to that thing, unless they kicked us off. Oh, yes. Try to get on Spotify. That's going to happen. We're trying really hard, but the problem is they don't want us. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. So, um, hey, So write Spotify is what we're trying to say. Please, please. Tweet at Spotify. Tweet Spotify. Write letters to Spotify. Let's get a letter writing campaign going to write Spotify. Fuck yeah. Can we do that? Usually I'm joking when I'm about, but I'm not joking about this. This is important. We need to be on Spotify. We are a influential podcast, uh-huh. right? You could say that. Yeah. You could say that. <laughs> Some people do. You, Most don't. You're right. You also <laughs> couldn't say that. You'd probably be just as accurate. <laughs> if your world is about your, li- it's basically your living room, we're very influential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't watch any television or radio, it, only or podcasts music. and only this but, podcast. Right, we're very they were super influential. Yeah, if you get most of your news from the back of a cereal box, like I do, <laughs> we're probably very influential. Uh, say, hey, do you want to send us something? Um, like, like Nate did. Oh, he gave it to you. He handed it, it to me personally. He's very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I, I didn't feel nice. like I thanked you enough for that. It's a very nice gift. I look forward to taking that to work. Thank you very, very much, Nate. Oh, Nate, I was about to say, I, I just gave it to you. <laughs> from but, him <laughs> but I, I love it and uh, but you can send something to uh, Tadbox Studios care of Nicole Nance P.O. Box 3785 Paducah, Kentucky 42002 um, uh, if you want to talk with us more we're on Tadpog Nation that's a big thing so Tadpog on Facebook and then you can join Tadpog Nation that's uh, a group on Facebook yep. yeah, Tadpog yeah. underscore podcast on Instagram uh-huh. it's mostly just photos of my baby oh man and uh, some video game stuff Okay. But but like babies and video games. All right. All right. That's a good combo. Um what else we got going on? Uh we mentioned Patreon like a million times, but hey, we yeah. do have a Patreon. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, did you enjoy this? Uh then consider maybe uh maybe uh, I don't know, was it worth a dollar? If you got to the Yeah, dollar. Look, man, if you got to the end of this, if you got to the end of this, this is my new grift. If you got to the end of this, you enjoyed yourself enough to give us a dollar, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously ask yourself. Did I enjoy this one dollar's worth? Or you zoned out on that work project while yeah. you were... <laughs> yeah, did and, we help and for, you... And forgot. Did we help you get through that tough yeah, yeah, number yeah. crunching situation that you were in? Did we bore you so much you focused on work? You're welcome. Or went to sleep? <laughs> did you use us as a sleep aid? Look, man, we're pretty cheap <laughs> sleep aid. If you want to consider uh, dropping a dollar in uh, the coffers, that would be uh, really, really cool. I'd like to take a moment to thank some people who have donated recently on patreon.com slash Tadpog. I want to thank Exalted Lord Mike of Purdue, organizer of Tadpog Prom, uh, for upping his donation by a penny, riding that penny train. (laughs) Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Uh, And I also want to thank Zeus Laser for editing his pledge uh, significantly. He is uh, definitely getting access to the Booger Bitches uh, podcast oh, that we do. Yes, he is, uh, and I got to see I got to see Zeus at um, at prom, which was really cool. He uh, had an amazing Mega Man costume that involved 
a Dad Bog t-shirt. Yeah, he did. So, I saw that. So uh, that was that was really fucking cool. I also love so. the fucking Jaeger lunch shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those that, were amazing. I think I think that Brian did that. Um uh who did the Nerdy Thursday logo. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, they were very very good. Yeah. Super cool shirts. Um it was really cool seeing everybody. I'm not going to make the mistake of trying to list everybody who was there because there were like 40 people there. I'm going to forget Paul Pig again uh and probably <laughs> Joey. So this time <laughs> we only say Paul Pig. Paul Pig was there. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It only yeah, Paul <laughs> Paul Pig and 39 other people showed up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was fun. Uh let's see. Uh Twitter, Tabog underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, hey, you want a Tadpog shirt? We got shirts, shirts.tadpog.com. It goes through Amazon, but that's that, that's our link to Amazon. Uh okay. I think that's it. Our theme song is Moves by Sigmore Drive. Leave that track in the shirt at tadpog.com. Hey, I'm going to close this out, Dave. Uh, I want to close this out as your favorite recruitable thing in the world. Hey, when you had to leave uh, Greg Minster and they asked you what your name was, what'd you say? When I left Greg Minster? Oh, I said, okay. So I said, oh, I can't remember. Uh, Victor said that really long name. Showtime, rhyme back the fourth. Yeah, I didn't say that. Uh, What were the other options? I don't know. Damn it. Damn <laughs> That's it. the only one I know because it's what I pick. Um, yeah, sorry. I can't remember. He eventually shows up. Oh, really? And the, like, we get in like four. The but guy yeah. you say that you are, yeah. that super really long name. Yeah. Is he recruitable? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Is he any good? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I just know he's there. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's all that matters. So let's close this out. Like, um, I don't know, man. Who's someone you recruit? Like, Grimio. You want. Do you recruit Grimio? Grimio's pretty much there. I mean, she just she joins. Uh, she, she or he? He, yeah, Grimio's a he, but Shake conditioned me to think Grimio's a girl. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm pretty Man, sure. I, think, I mean, Grimio, I mean, she's sort of hot. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so the hard. The portrait's a lot better in Sweet in 2. You could tell Grimio was a man, but... Like uh, she's like long hair, she's sort of cute, but like she got that scar because she's like, she protects you like a mother would. Like, Grimio's a girl, man. <laughs> Oh, I know we're not talking I about. Mean, she's not a hot like Cleo, but like I'd still fuck her, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not talking about story, but but you because you mentioned the part where you have to come up with a fake name to get past uh-huh. an Empire checkpoint. Um, no matter, I'm assuming no matter what you say, they don't believe you. And Gremio, your manservant, essentially um, decides to. Um, Make a big show of it because he's he or she is pretending to be your superior and essentially threaten to execute you there on the spot yeah. to freak out the empire. And they're like, whoa, 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 relax. Just go on through, go on through. <laughs> when you get to the other side, you have the option of forgiving Gremio or not forgiving Gremio. <laughs> and it was one of those where it was like, man, I don't want to be a huge dick. But Oathbreaker Blake was in chat, and he was like, come on, man, it's a video game. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so I, I kept doing the option to like, to just chastise Grimio to the point where Grimio was like, I think I'd like to commit suicide now. And it's like, whoa! Back up, Grimio. Uh, we're just kidding. This is, this is just... This. Do it then. Do it. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought, Grimio. That's what I thought. Across the street for attention, down the street for results, Grimio. Come on. Uh, my point was just that the game got pretty dark. I didn't. I like Grimio. Uh, very motherly. I don't, I don't, <laughs> very motherly. Yeah, I want Grimio to be. I want Grimio to be around. 
Are you even close enough? That's, that's, like Grimio? Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, uh, sure. Of co- I'm of trying course. to think if you get any kobold characters in this one. Third third favorite butt lady Grimio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so until next time. Tropical Capricorn, young master. Young master. I didn't realize how fucked up I was while I was there in the moment, but it's like, <laughs> dude, I was thinking back like, yesterday at work. I was like, oh yeah, Nikki and I fucked around, and then I was thinking about. I was like, what? I I played this game called How Did I Finish? Because I couldn't figure it out. Hey, I've done that before, <laughs> and I was like, I know I finished. I remember like coming on my top of my pants because like my pants are pulled down around my ankles, and that's how I remember that I finished because I was like, ah, I got some on my button. <laughs> but it's like and on our way like I asked Nikki I was like do you remember where I came like did I just like let it go in the hotel and she was like I don't really I don't really know and I was like I think I did I think I just like ejaculated into the room and then like never did any, never did anything about it because like I know I didn't clean up or anything and I think it was literally like alright I got I got shit to do and like just like <laughs> We left. Um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly how. I don't know exactly how that. But, like, yesterday at work, like, memories started, like, pieces of memories, like, memento style, like, started coming back. And it was like, <laughs> I got to talk to her, make sure that uh, she is okay with the things that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's like, when I talked to my mom today, she's like, Nikki's really, really hoarse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very hoarse. I told her today, I was like, I can't believe you're still hoarse. Like, your vocal cords are damaged. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, like, it is very, 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 very rare. Now, I honestly think it's the only time it's happened. But she, like, she gave up. Because, like, I had whiskey dick, like, so bad. Mm. But I was, like, determined. Because it's like, I remember, like, sh- her being, like, She's, I mean, she was just like, I'm sorry, you have whiskey dick. And I was like, I know. And I remember like just being like, all right, sit there. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jerk off for as long. Like I was, I'm in it. It's happening. It's like I can feel like it's like I'm I'm hard, but it's just like my dick is just so like not sensitive. And it's just like I'm just gonna fucking go until it happens. Just relax. Just chill right there for a minute. Oh, now it okay. Now it comes back. <laughs> now I remember how I came. All You're right. welcome. <laughs> I just needed to talk it here's out. The, here's the stinger. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's a stinger. <laughs>